Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. All right, here we are on a Wednesday. It is, of course, hump day. Oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? (laughs) Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. It's hump day. We're already halfway through the week. We've crested the hilltop and are heading down and starting to coast down the backside of the hill. I'm liking that. And, of course, on Wednesdays, we welcome our two congressmen in the first hour of the show. I welcome Jimmy Cavan into the studio. And we've got, uh, of course, with us today Congressman French Hill from District, 2nd District. And, uh, Congressman, nothing to talk about today. Nothing's going on there in Washington. Uh, so, oh, my gosh. I, I, I was happy to see that the whole uh, group of Republicans in the House from Arkansas voted for McCarthy yesterday. That was that was crazy. Did you hear what Newt had to say last night on Hannity? I heard it uh, secondhand. I didn't hear it on Hannity, but I heard it this morning when I, I watched the clip. And uh, I think he's got it exactly right. I really do. Well, just for my listeners, since they probably have not heard that clip, Aaron, you got it ready? Let's hear what Newt had to say. It's a very sad day because I think Kevin McCarthy is one of the most talented leaders I've ever worked with. I think that he accomplished an amazing amount for having a small majority and being having to take on both the Senate and the White House. And I think this is really a tragic outcome. Uh, this was a leader who both gained seats in 2020, gained seats in 2022, increased the number of women members, increased the number of veterans, increased the number of minority members, uh, and he had a vision for a better future. And let's be clear here, Sean. Uh, You know, if if the University of Georgia Bulldogs were the number one team in the country right now, if you started a game and four of the members of the offensive squad decided they were actually on the Alabama side and began tackling your own people, you probably get them off the field. Well, think about what we saw today. Four percent, four percent decided they were so morally superior, so intellectually pure, so patriotically better that they would side with the Democrats, and that's what they did, in order to defeat the entire Republican House caucus, 96% of the Republicans voted for McCarthy, 4% voted against him. From my position as a longtime Republican activist, they're traitors. All eight of them should, in fact, be primaried. They should all be driven out of public life. What they did was to go to the other team to cause total chaos. We ought to be focusing on Biden. 
We ought to be focusing on the economy. We ought to be focusing on the border. Instead, you're going to get a week or 10 days of the media focusing on Republican disarray. It's an astonishingly destructive behavior by a handful of egocentric people who think they're superior to 96% of the conference. Newt, tell us what you think. How do you feel about it, Congressman? I I couldn't say it any better. I mean, we've snatched uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. We're right in the middle of a 42-day period when we're trying to get the most conservative appropriations bills through the House so we can negotiate with the Senate. And uh, purportedly, uh, most of the eight claimed they were opposed to McCarthy for, I'd say, two reasons. One, they say they don't trust him, and he's, he's told them, uh, stories, you know, that he's lied to them. Well, that's complete nonsense. I've been in the meetings. Most of these people weren't even in the meetings, and they're making assertions they don't know jack about. The second thing that they said they were concerned about with McCarthy is that he didn't fight for or take the fiscal uh, strain of the country at heart uh, or the border. And both those things are so dumb, I can't even respond to it. Uh, we passed H.R. 2, which is the first true uh, border security and immigration reform bill passed across the House floor with all Republican votes in my nine years in Congress. And it's McCarthy, not anybody else in Washington, that proposed a debt ceiling bill that cut spending. 2024 over 2023 and capped it going forward. So the assertions about why they're opposed to McCarthy, in my opinion, were preposterous. And that's why 96% of the House Republican Conference uh, voted with McCarthy. And look at the backgrounds of the eight people who voted against it. A couple of them, several of them, aren't even going to be in the House next year. They're running for other offices. So anyway, uh I just am so frustrated I can't see straight uh, because when I got here to Congress, there was a lot of talk about majority of the majority. When John Boehner was Speaker and Barack Obama was President, Republicans in the House complained, hey, you're not listening to the majority of the majority. That was the call. Put bills on the floor that a majority of the majority support. Well, that's all Kevin McCarthy has done. And that's how he's governed the House, and yet that's now not good enough. You have to only put bills on the floor that some guy from West Arizona says are the only bills that can can go. That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And that's why Newt is so exercised, and I am too. Oh, so is uh, is Biggs running again, or is he done? No, I'm sure he – well, he hadn't told me he's not running again, so I assume he is. Okay. What about what – about, uh, Gets what's going down with him? I've heard all this hubbub in the background that uh, the Republicans are, you know, going to go after him for bad behavior. True, false? Well, there, <coughs> excuse me. There are Republicans in our conference that definitely want to do that. They want to change the rules. But if you've got people that don't follow the rules we have today, why are they going to follow new rules? He doesn't care about the United States or the country or the Republican Party. He's interested only in himself. And, uh, for example, it's against the Republican House conference rules. Let me repeat this. It's against the Republican House conference rules, which we all voted on and we debated for weeks and we approved 
for a member to make a motion to vacate the chair without first voting in conference. Didn't do it. Wouldn't, wouldn't even acknowledge that restraint was on him. So I don't know. Uh, yes, there are members of our conference that would like to remove him from committees, uh, expel him from the conference, and a whole series of ways. But I don't think he gives, uh, you know, a rat's uh, patoot. A rat, a rat's patoot about that. I really don't. And he, but you know, if you don't care about the country, you don't care about the Republican Party, uh, you don't care about, um, uh, you know, high principles like that. And what do you care about? what your colleagues think about you in the House Republican Conference. Okay, so at where you're at right now, I mean, I I wasn't expecting this to be the main topic, but it is the main topic. There's no doubt about it. Steve Scalise evidently has put out feelers now that he might be able, he might be wanting to be uh, the Speaker of the House. Does that work for people or not? I think Steve Scalise has been an outstanding whip. He's been an outstanding majority leader. I think he's a, a good candidate for speaker. We need to really have the meetings and talk to all the candidates because um, I'm really concerned that we get one that we can all get behind and that I know what the rules are going to be and how the conference is going to respect and work with that speaker. I don't want to have another failed launch year uh, that we've dealt with for the past nine months. Uh, but Steve, look, he knows what he's getting into, but Steve's also in major cancer treatment at MD Anderson right now for a blood cancer. So uh, that may impact what he ends up ultimately deciding to do. All right. So with all of that in mind, the election is not that far away now, Congressman. Where does this set us up as far as the election in 2024 goes? Right. So this is where I'm, I'm always focused on the forest. I'm not focused on these trees, which apparently these eight are always focused on, which is the problem here is Joe Biden. The problem in our facing our country are Joe Biden's destructive economic policies, social policies, uh, a national, uh, even foreign policy related uh, policies, the way he's handling China, the way he's handling Ukraine. And we need to rally around, you know, a Republican leader for president, but we also need to make sure we can win the House and Senate. If we want to reverse these spending calamity, if we want to reform mandatory spending, if we want to have a real voice in this country for conservatives, I think we've made it clear now that we need to win, hold the House and win the Senate at a minimum and hopefully win the White House, depending on how that works out. Uh, this is how we do it, and that's why, uh, again, why I think Newt Gingrich was so outspoken last night, because it's McCarthy who's built the House majority and taken the House back over that four-year period. And we're in a position to win the Senate next year. I'm, I'm actually modestly confident about that. So if we want to really check the final two years of the Joe Biden administration, uh, you know, we need to keep the pressure on the next two years, uh, the next year, I should say. We need to win the White House and reverse some of this bad stuff. Back to uh, Congressman Hill. Let me remind you, we are now streaming the show. So um, your friends up in northwest Arkansas mm-hmm. can hear from us. Your friends in northeast Arkansas can hear from us. Yeah. Your folks down along the border with Louisiana and Texas can hear us. 
So uh, we're, you, you, we're on Facebook on uh, 101 FM The Answer. Go to Facebook slash 101 Streaming FM live. The Answer. Yeah. Streaming live right now. Same thing with my website uh, on Facebook, The Dave Ellswick Show. Yeah. You can watch it there. Uh, as well and there's another place that's going to be coming up but right now it's not yes don't forget if you are listening from canada online unfortunately <laughs> they, can, they cannot get us in canada. yeah they can't get us in we what, found, we, why are we broadcasting in canada we found out uh, con, uh congressman that canada has uh, censored the dave ellswick show well i'd like to censor canada i don't need to we got we got it goes up when you try to get us on Facebook yeah. in Canada. It says that you can listen to the Dave Ellswick show. Well, that's good. I don't want people in Canada to listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think you're missing anything there, Dave. And, uh, <laughs> and, and my vision is I'm still waiting for Alberta to become the 51st state. I <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jimmy, your question. Okay, here's what I got, Congressman. I've really been watching this as far as the people in the state of Arkansas and how they've been responding to this. Yeah. What I'm seeing is that we're not seeing virtually any support for McCarthy, but what we are seeing is a very strong vocal contingent of Republicans in the state mm-hmm. that are glad that uh, McCarthy is gone. Now, my question is, I'm not saying that's good or bad, my yep. question is, why do you think that is? What is what is what are, is there something people in the state aren't seeing? Because it really has resonated uh, to virtually none, no support for McCarthy, tons of support for getting rid of McCarthy. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, you know, I don't know. I think there's a real resentment of people who get elected to office. They just immediately start condemning them and telling them they're not doing a good job and that everybody's an armchair quarterback. I mean, it's like being a football coach. I mean, as soon as you don't have a winning season, you need to get out. You're a bum. You're the worst coach in American history. And so every time you get an elected leadership position, you're going to be sniped at. And, and I would argue I don't really understand that because Kevin McCarthy has been an outstanding conservative leader, and you've had this very small vocal uh, group uh, that uh, have been uh, opposed to him. So if, you know, if a lot of Arkansans follow what Andy Biggs says or Matt Gates say, then I guess they think McCarthy's doing a terrible job. But they're uh, with uh, you know, 1% of Republicans who actually do the job every day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day, know how to defeat Biden, know how to uh, defeat Senate Democrats, uh, and this isn't the way to do it. So, I mean, I guess it depends on what your objective is. So I can't really fully answer your question except to say that if they knew the facts, I don't think they'd share uh, that view on social media, they would share the view that uh, former Speaker Newt Gingrich expressed. I thought quite well. Yeah, it's 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 what we're it's what we're seeing, and that's at least my next question is: Is this not so much about McCarthy, uh, or is it more kind of like what you said when when people is this more where people when people get in office there's sudden resentment, and is it more reflection of how they feel about uh, Congress as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I think, look, we have a strong uh, anti-Washington feeling, I mean, uh, with good reason. 
because we've all we all know what we don't like about Washington D.C. We don't like the spending. We don't like the uh, imposing, uh, you know, left-wing social policies on people. And and we talk about that on this show all the time. But then the assumption is, gosh, here is a elected Republican leader who agrees with all those strong feelings that are shared by the conservatives around the country, and you want to throw him overboard uh, for, in my opinion, just a fake set of reasons, you know? Just because, in, in the case of several of those people, they don't like McCarthy personally, and they have other personal agendas. And I think that's, uh, I think that's unfortunate. And so when you're reading stuff on social media, if you only tune into the Matt Gates show, then maybe you're getting a very skewed view of what the real situation is. That, that's what I would say. And um, I think you're also right that once people are, are trying to serve the American people in Congress or in the Senate, well, they've immediately sold out, by God. They've sold out because they're uh, serving in Congress, and we don't like Congress. Well, that's ridiculous too that doesn't make any sense either but that you you know you've touched on a a social trend that uh people could probably write a lot of books about all right we got 90 seconds left for those that took exception to what newt said about them being uh traitors that they went over to the democrat side let me just remind you that it was a decided minority of republicans they got rid of the speaker and all of the democrats voted against mccarthy yeah, and I mean, look, I mean, Newt used a strong word, uh, but he was infuriated because he knows what this, he's, he's one of the most conservative thought leaders we've had in 40 years. He was in a very effective speaker. Let's be reminded that he held fire on uh, Bill Clinton, and he also, through his work, led to a balanced budget and reduced regulations in a booming economy by keeping pressure on the Clinton administration. And he's been a voice for conservative causes for a generation. Like this uh, Judge Karen up in northwest Arkansas. Judge is watching. That uh, they, cut, uh, they cut this deal with yeah. this guy by the name of True that has videos of a little 14-year-old girl naked. Uh, you know, this guy, we should take, we got to take this guy's uh, robe from him. I don't know how that's done. But he he needs to be gotten rid of. That's 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 zero justice for those young that young lady. There's zero read, justice either one for of them. victims. There's two of them involved. Yeah. You'll read the other one too. Uh, by the way, again, I want to. I think Neil, last name of Neil, is the reporter's name. Uh, did a great job of reporting that story for them guys and getting out. Uh, Jimmy and I will talk about it here in the oh, yeah. in, in the future here today. But right now we've got our other congressman on from District Four. That's Bruce Westerman. We're glad to have him. And, and Bruce, as you just heard, we're now streaming all across the state. So all across your district, if people tune in by the stream, uh, they can hear you and hear what you have to say about all these important issues that are going on in Washington, D.C., which uh, the, the topic today is going to be the speaker's, uh, the speaker's uh, uh, slot because uh, – about 4% of Republicans yesterday uh, went along with all their fellow Democrat friends and got and got rid of uh, McCarthy. I mean, how are you feeling about this today? Are, are you as upset as Newt was? 
Well, I didn't see how upset Newt was, but uh, congratulations on the streaming. If there's ever a voice that needs to be heard far and wide, it's, uh, it's the Dave Ellswick show and the uh, the illustrious host of that show. So you've, you've been a, a force in uh, conservative radio for a long time, and I'm, I'm glad you're getting uh, your streaming up and going. But, yeah, it was uh, it's disappointing not... Uh, you know, Kevin's going to be fine as a as a person. He fought uh, a fight that um, many people will never have a clue about all the stuff that he went through. Uh, maybe he'll write a book someday, but that still probably won't be able to get into all of it. But he's, uh, he's a patriotic American that's given a lot of sacrifice for our country, and it's unfortunate that um, and the, the situation that he found himself in with uh, people from his own party doing something very um, odd, to say the least, to side with all the Democrats to kick a Republican speaker out of office, a Republican speaker that was leading more conservatively than anybody I've seen here in Congress that has uh, a lot of accomplishments in a short amount of time. Um, you know, he, he gave the same group a bill to vote on uh, I guess it was last week to cut the debt, uh, the discretionary spending 30%, not affecting defense or uh, the VA or Homeland Security, but cutting 30% uh, in other agencies. Uh, the border security bill and a commission uh, to look at the, the debt and the big picture with the mandatory spending. I mean, if and we had 21 Republicans vote against that, along with all the Democrats. So it's a tough job to be speaker and to lead people who sometimes don't want to be led or have other agendas. And, um, you know, he took a lot of uh, a lot of undue heat from people who were, quite frankly, just telling things that, that weren't so. But he was trying to uh, to keep the peace and lead the group and. He's, he'll be a free agent now, so he'll be able to tell his side of the story a little bit more. But the, uh, you know, the, the thing the what Getz was talking about was passing appropriation bills and regular order, and you know everybody in our conference is for that, but everybody else is actually working to make that happen. What's not being told is how people were blocking those appropriation bills from coming to the floor back in June and July how they voted down rules and uh, things are going to have to change or it's going to be the same way for the next speaker. Yeah, well, let's talk about that because the the name that I'm, I'm hearing loud and boldly across the uh, uh, Republican caucus is Steve Scalise. What, what's your thoughts? I mean, he's, he's ill, he's being treated for cancer, uh, but he seems to, what they're saying is behind the scenes is, you know, reaching out to people to find out what kind of uh, support he has. Yeah, Steve's a great guy, uh, a strong leader. He's facing some health problems. Um, I think he would be the natural choice if that weren't the issue. And I, I apologize, Dave, I've got a bit of a head cold and uh, ingested a little bit this morning. But he uh, he would be the natural choice. And he says he feels great right now. Um, I guess that's a decision that he has to make, and his, his wife and his family. 
Um, I mean, only they know the real story behind his health right now, but it's a very serious cancer that he's got. Hmm. Okay. So are there any other names that we're not hearing in the press that you think will be raising their hand and saying, pick me, pick me? Ah, uh, there'll probably be some. There, there always is. You saw the drama we had um, on the first go around of electing a speaker, right? And now we've we've got a vacant seat, so we're down to, uh, uh, you know, one of our members isn't here. I don't know what McCarthy's plans are. If he'll stick around to the end of his term, or if he'll go ahead and and retire. But um, there's, uh, and we've got some folks out sick we got um uh, anna luna has has a baby and she's on maternity leave so um, when you've got only a slim majority uh, every person counts yeah it's gotten slimmer yeah congressman district four with us we've been talking about the speaker's battle jimmy what kind of questions you got well uh congressman i've been really paying attention to this is and this is what i asked congressman hill since this started, I've really been paying attention to what people in Arkansas are saying. And so far, we're not seeing anybody really stand up and support McCarthy, but we have a really strong contingent in this state who are glad that uh, that he was ousted. And so my question on that is, why do you think that is? Uh, I think people watch too much cable news and listen or click too many uh, clickbaits on the internet. But um, I can tell you what uh, what happened yesterday was not a good thing for the conservative movement. Um, in my uh, speech that I made on the floor, I asked those who were against or for kicking McCarthy out to uh, Tell us your plan, not just your grievances or your wishes, but your plan. They do not have a plan. All they're doing is complaining and griping and saying it should be this way or it should be that way. And it shows you it's only eight. It was only eight people in our whole conference. So you can tell me, you know, two hundred and ten or twelve, whatever that number was, and some people were obviously absent. Um, are are all squishes, and these are the eight real conservatives. Um, you know, you're talking about Jim Jordan, Thomas Massey, and just go down the list of conservative leaders who thought it was wrong to uh, to vacate the chair. What we're, what we're seeing, and I think uh, Congressman Hill kind of touched on it, is do you think it's so much of uh, in this state a anti-sentiment McCarthy, or is it maybe a a resentment or a attitude of Congress as a whole? It's probably just an attitude of Congress as a whole that, um, you know, they're not seeing things done they would like to see done. And, uh, you know, when you've got um, one half of the Congress, which is one third of the government, um, Okay, I think people have unrealistic expectations, and that's why it's important to have a long-term plan, have uh, goals that you're constantly working towards, and not thinking you're going to go in and uh, overrule a Democrat majority in the Senate 
and a Democrat administration. Um, you you have to work in the areas where you can work, and that's what McCarthy was a master at, was putting together strategy and plans and making gains and setting us up uh, for the future. And, you know, we if we had, a, had passed this bill with the border security in it, um, we would today be having debates about funding the government or securing the border, but that got taken completely off the table because um, it, it didn't pass out of the House. So um, the, the Democrats were on the floor laughing yesterday. They were laughing. And, uh, and this plays right into their hands. All right, you said that you didn't hear what Newt had to say. We've got that. Let's play it for you. Here you go, Congressman. Here's a very sad day because I think Kevin McCarthy is one of the most talented leaders I've ever worked with. I think that he accomplished an amazing amount for having a small majority and being having to take on both the Senate and the White House. And I think this is really a tragic outcome. Uh, this was a leader who both gained seats in 2020, gained seats in 2022, increased the number of women members, increased the number of veterans, increased the number of minority members, uh, and he had a vision for a better future. And let, let's be clear here, Sean. Uh, you know, if, if the University of Georgia Bulldogs were the number one team in the country right now, if you started a game and four of the members of the offensive squad decided they were actually on the Alabama side and began tackling your own people, you probably get them off the field. Well, think about what we saw today. Four percent, four percent decided they were so morally superior, so intellectually pure, so patriotically better that they would side with the Democrats, and that's what they did, in order to defeat the entire Republican House caucus, 96% of the Republicans voted for McCarthy, 4% voted against him. From my position as a longtime Republican activist, they're traitors. All eight of them should, in fact, be primaried. They should all be driven out of public life. What they did was to go to the other team to cause total chaos. We ought to be focusing on Biden. We ought to be focusing on the economy. We ought to be focusing on the border. Instead, you're going to get a week or 10 days of the media focusing on Republican disarray. It's an astonishingly destructive behavior by a handful of egocentric people who think they're superior to 96 percent of the conference. All right, Newt, say what you think. Why don't you? All right. All right. So, Congressman, yeah, your I thoughts. Wasn't, I, wasn't sure what, I wasn't sure what Newt's position was. On <laughs> I agree. I agree. Do you agree what well, he I said, basically? He, yeah, he's been here. He understands. And uh, uh, I would say people should take note of what Newt Gingrich said because he, he summarized it probably better than I've heard it summarized. It good. No, I, I just I was pointing out that uh, that Newt is never shy. The only thing I take away is you know when he when he says it's superior to ninety six percent of the conference. My only concern is that people are going to take that as hey, what about the people? We we understand what you're saying about the conference, but what about the people? Because there well, are let me, citizens. Let me stop you though. All okay. right, when you say but what about the people? The people elected these people. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Is a representative republic. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that that sometimes what resonates 
in a bad way for Congress is when they say, hey, we know better <clears throat> when 96 percent of the conference are doing this. And I think it's, it, it doesn't resonate well with people if you're not involving them and what they think. Not, dis- not yeah. disagreeing. I'm just saying that when you use those phrases, sometimes it goes back to the people like, hey, what about what we think? Yeah. What's your thoughts about well, Getz? What's, what's his in-game, uh, Congressman? Uh, that I do not know. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. What I don't think anybody is. knows that. <laughs> <laughs> he he hasn't shared that. Um, you know, he if if you listen to him, it's to get spending down and get the debt under control. But if you ask uh, all 222 Republicans in the House what their end game was, they'd probably tell you uh, that that would be top one or two. Uh, that and securing the border. And I'll go back to last week when we had a bill that would uh, put a real wedge on the Senate and the White House to cut spending and secure the border, and 21 people voted against it. Uh, so <clears throat> I, I don't know what his real end game is. Okay. Well, I think he got his end game. Yeah, he got he got rid of McCarthy. Yeah, I I agree. I I think that was his end game. I think that was a personal vendetta, personal. Yeah, I think that was set up back in January, right? Yeah, I think so. I I, I believe so. In all honesty, right, my last question for you, Congressman. You know, twenty twenty four is just around the corner. We're going to be putting uh, getting candidates signed up and everything starting in November. The primary start. Uh, in February of next year, the election is in November of next year. I mean, we're a year out. Where does this set right. us as far as a, as a party for the 2024 election? Uh, I think it's wide open. I mean, if, if you look at the uh, House majority right now, uh, we've got a majority because we flipped seats in California and New York and Oregon. We flipped seats in blue states. There's a uh, redistricting going on in Alabama, which could uh, hurt us there. There could be redistricting in Louisiana, which could hurt us. And there could be re- redistricting in, or there is redistricting in North Carolina that could hurt us. Uh, and all of that's coming from Obama and Eric Holder and their little organization they've got going around the country suing on all these congressional districts. Um, so you got that stacked against us. You got the the antics that are happening this week and who knows what's yet to come. So that makes it uh, an uphill battle in the House. The Senate actually, uh, if you just look at the playing field, there are more vulnerable Democrats up for election this time in the Senate. So I hope we're able to uh, not only hold on to the House but flip the Senate, and we desperately need to get somebody new in in the White House. I don't see how... Joe Biden can beat anyone, and I'll be shocked if he's the actual Democrat nominee. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on, I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! Yeah, it is. It's hump day. We're on the back hill slide now. We're heading towards the weekend. That's always good, and... They're saying we're going to get rain today, Jimmy. Love rain. Ready for rain. You know, I was just I was just telling the folks in the studio, uh, when I used to watch Disney in living color, uh, they, they, they had a, a cartoon, and many of you who are my age are going to remember this, and it, 
was a Debussy, I think, uh, was the classical composer who did the seasons. And they were talking about spring. They were playing that part, and it was these plants had been going through a drought, and it showed the grass and the flowers looking up to the sky as the water was falling, and they're using their stamens and stuff as tongues, yeah. you know. See, I learned a few things even about botany when I went to school. I can tell you this. If it finally rains today, you're going to see me walk out in the parking lot with my tongue out. Okay. Well, I thought you were going to say walking out naked. Yeah. And I said, I won't see that because I, I won't be able to unsee it. <laughs> I'm subject to do it, though. <laughs> oh, no. No. All right. It, why don't you uh, introduce our guest? I'm, you know, everybody in central Arkansas knows her, and so people statewide are getting to know her. This is Amanda Ware, and she is a taught, award-winning teacher in the North Rock School District for over 35 years. And she's really had, through the years, come up with some innovative approaches in teaching that have really paid dividends. And uh, probably was in 2018 that you retired at 2019 2019 mm-hmm. uh, Amanda retired from North Rock School District and her passion was still there so she actually came back we're going to talk about the district and the, the troubles involved in educating their little labor what we want to start with she left again but now she started her own company mm-hmm. and which is called it's called where to advance where to master tutoring yeah mm-hmm. and i'm gonna let her tell it but she has already made a big difference in using her and been in uh, innovative approach with kids so tell us and don't forget to tell it don't forget to tell them where you do this at oh, okay okay All that's right. great so um just kind of give you a little background um wh- my dad had this camper like this little small camper on his lot for when I say ever, ever (laughs) to me, it was ever, you know, anyway. And I just looked at it and I thought, man, that would be the coolest place to do tutoring. And, um, at first it was like you know my dad was like no you know you no and then the more <laughs> i i gave him my vision and really talked to him about it and I'm like daddy this would be so cool to tutor kids in but not teach them how to read write or do math i want to focus on my passion which is gifted and talented students or mm-hmm. i mean all kids are my passion but these are i want to focus on critical and creative thinking in the I can mindset and because that's what I did for 30 years and that's what I'm getting to do again now, let me speak to that yes. right. when I was in high school yes uh, in high school when I was there you had to do a, a year of econ mm-hmm. and you had to do a, a year of political science yes absolutely. And they didn't mm-hmm. call it f- f- civics they called it yeah. political science because that's what it was correct uh, Petron uh, Don Petron was my teacher mm-hmm. still remember him yeah and uh, he gave the class a test every year mm-hmm. when you went in, and it was to see what you knew Yes. going in. Yes. And I, I not only passed the test, I didn't miss a question. Wonderful. I got 100%. Yeah. And there was another girl that did the exact same thing. Well, he made us stay after class one day, and I'm thinking, okay, what did I do? Right? Absolutely. And he, uh, he looks at me, and he looks at, uh, at Shelly and says, uh, would you? I know you guys would be bored out of your minds mm. if you stay in this class. Correct. Because you know everything I'm going to teach already. Mm-hmm. And he says, 
how would you like to do independent study? Absolutely love it. And that's love what, it. what I ended up doing. In fact, I, I ended up writing a 65-page paper, mm-hmm. uh, and it was about uh, uh, Luger at that time, mm-hmm. uh, then mayor mm-hmm. of Indianapolis, and he had started a new program called Unigov, which was taking all the ambulance services, because you had three, he took all the fire departments, and there were three. There was the county, there was the city, mm-hmm. and there were suburbs. And he took all the police departments. And I don't still to this day know how he got all the police chiefs to go along with it, all the fire chiefs to go along with it, mm-hmm. all the heads of these different ambulances. Because yes. people were given up power Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. And he brought them all together under one umbrella to service the people uh-huh. and it was very successful although when he ran for congress and he got elected and then they had to put another mayor in they got a democrat elected and he did away with unico uh-huh. but i think that's what I you're talking about in, and actually in my 30 years of teaching in the gifted world we used to do independent study because it was very student-driven. And actually what I'm doing right now with my, I call them adventurers uh-huh. because we're in That's a good. camper. We're on an adventure to learn. And um, so it's very student-centered. And what I do or, you know, how I work with one student m- probably is not how I'm going to approach another student because it's not one one size fits all. Sure, everybody learns differently. Absolutely. And uh and I knew that coming in, I mean, as an educator, just, you know, and as myself, uh, I'm very visual and very hands-on. And that's not the way, pub- I mean, when I say the general schools don't teach that way. It's very, you know, the teacher is up there talking. And if you're a visual learner or you, you know, if you're auditory, then, you know, you're going to be fine. But I needed to take notes. I needed to have something in my hands to make those connections. And so all of the, I've, I have literally pulled every resource in my brain that I can think of that I have used over the years to get to where I am now working with these kids. And all of those, just all those little fun things that we did that they don't get to do in school anymore, I get to do. Good. Yes. Let me ask you yes. this, because you had mentioned, when you and I talked on the phone years ago, yeah. you had mentioned using a simple pencil yes. is a tool to critical thinking. Yeah. yeah. You give a little okay. talk about what you so, do. <laughs> so I, that literally was just on the fly, okay? <laughs> but, um, you, like, if I can show a kid, like, my my glasses. Mm-hmm. And, okay, what what else could you use or do with these glasses? And they immediately start using their analytical evaluation and uh, creative thinking. Creative thinking is the highest level of mm-hmm. thinking. And I go back to my roots way back in when I was in, in grad school uh, is Bloom's Taxonomy. That's something that a lot of teachers don't get to use anymore. They do on a just the three lower levels, but I shoot for the higher levels. But anyway, you would 
it would blow you mi- your mind some of the ideas that kids will come up with. I mean, yeah, they're glasses. So you would have been scared of me. Oh, okay, I would I, love I'm it. Just gonna say, you gave me a pencil and said, what can you do with this? I yes. go kill the person. Oh, no. I, you know what? And I actually, that was actually an that answer. That was my first answer. Just that's, like John yeah, Wick, man. That, yeah. That's actually an answer that I did receive, <laughs> and I did accept it, absolutely. I was like, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and that's another thing is in my in, – in our space. And anytime you, my students are with me or my adventures are with me, they know that I am very accepting of what they do. I have been a cheerleader all my life. And I do mean all my life. And Literally, she it, was a cheerleader. Yes, and a very good one. It, yes, but but I don't. I, I cheer now. I don't have my pom poms. I don't have a cute little uniform. Uh-huh. But I'm always, I'm always passionate and for the kids and know that they can do it. And uh, so it's it's just it's just been so refreshing to me, and it's my happy place. It really is. And it and it's a happy place for the kids. What success are you seeing? Oh my gosh, that has been <laughs> that's been a positive, and I'm not going to say a rude awakening because I knew it was there because they're but the kids are not encouraged to really think outside the box. No, they're, think, they're, they're taught to think for the test. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. and and not just the test, but just to get on the basic level comprehension, and mm-hmm. maybe uh, and hopefully being able to apply what they understand. And uh, but I just this is like what the sixth, seventh week of school. I'm not real sure. Don't give me. I'm not real sure. But I have had uh, parents come to me and say, "Oh my gosh, they know that they're thinking on a higher level. That's a huge thing. Is being able to know." that you are uh, thinking about your thinking. Oh, yeah, Miss Ware, cool. you know, Miss Mandy, I am teaching, I'm, I did a math problem and I have, was using evaluating because I had to keep going back and forth looking at those, those uh, what is it, word problems that when I was in school, I hated them, but I mean, I know how to do them, but you know what I'm saying. But they kept having to go back and forth. And so they're using that lingo and that lingo, they're making those connections to their brain, which is another thing that w- that we do is focus on brain. Like, what part yeah, of the so brain the are ne- you using? You're setting up the neural pathways. Absolutely, absolutely. And we have a little plant in our in the in the trailer, um, and it's uh, her name is cerebellum, and she's a head, <laughs> and then she's got <laughs> little plant, you know, the little hair coming out, and it has little babies. Well, I tell them that. It's making connections. She's making connections. She's she's her synapses are connecting to other things, mm-hmm. and I want them to do that. So they are learning that lingo, and that lingo is not used in the regular classroom. Yeah. It's, it's just not. And so, so two plus two is four. But we're looking yeah. to find out why is it four? Why is it four? Absolutely. Yeah. And you. And want, what can you do? With and what the four? can you what do can you with you that? <laughs> what can you do with that four? Absolutely. And if you turn the four upside down or, or sideways or another, or if you look yeah. at it in a different way, what could you do with it? Or what could you do with those four things, the items? How are they alike? How are they different? And that's where you know the hows and the whys. Those are the things that really get you thinking on a deeper level. And so many, you know, kids 
Okay, this is a little example that I talk to parents about whenever they come and do a consult consult with me. Mm I um, I I spend most all of the time talking, you know, visiting with the kid, working with the kids to see where maybe I could meet them and take them. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that I do say to the child, but the parents are listening, is like, okay, like you're you're going through the um, line at the at the cafeteria and or you're at chick-fil-a and you're you're going okay do i want nuggets or do i want um a chicken sandwich today so you're you're actually you know you're analyzing you're evaluating right there you don't even know it and i am hopefully especially little six-year-olds that can say i'm analyzing today I, I had to do this. I had to make choices, Miss Ware, or I'm, I compared two different things. They don't call me Miss Ware. They call me Miss Mandy. But um, anyway, it's just, it's just makes my heart so happy. Anyway, there's this phone number again. You see that real good there, uh, Aaron? And, that, and that's actually okay, a, good. Kind, that's kind of what the trailer actually looks like. Okay. It's ten by thirteen. I mean, right. it, it, you've got pictures of the trailer on your uh, oh, Facebook page. Oh, my Facebook page, on my Instagram page. I also have a Facebook page called Where to Advance Master Tutoring, and it's on there too. Yeah, and I was I was going so, to buy a trailer like this. Yeah. For for deer hunting, it's yeah. almost something like a hippie would live in. It it yeah. it's well, kind of cool though. It, I mean, it's it, cool, it really right? Is. Yeah. It was it <laughs> yeah. was built in the early seventies and. Um, it's it's perfect for what I'm doing. So it's, it's the same age I am. Well, I, I don't know. I'm 61, so I don't. I'm, know. I'm I'm beyond you. Okay, okay. Well, but 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 we went camping all the time, but we didn't have a camper like this. Right. But, yeah. but anyway. But it's perfect. It's, it's yes. Because you deal mostly with younger kids, right? Yes, uh, six to eleven year olds. So how do they respond to the whole trailer oh, atmosphere? My. Oh, Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. let me tell you that not only are the kids just it's just like they they literally run into it i mean which is fine i mean everything in there is very uh when you was a kid friendly and stuff but the parents are just like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen because mostly tutors you know they do it on their kitchen table and this is just, a, you know, this is totally different. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons why I wanted I, I wanted to do it in there because it's very cozy. It's a very safe place. It's very one-on-one, and it's very conducive to learning and to thinking. And if you kind of take a step back, it is in my garage. It fit perfectly. That was the big thing. Is it going to fit if it's perfectly? But if you take about, you know, a few steps back, it looks like a brain. And oh, that's and that's cool. and so I have a little six year old on Thursdays and he goes, he that's his brain day. That's what he says. He tells his teacher that he's going to his brain day. You know, he's going to he has a brain day today. So, hey, we've got a special guest with us today. We've got uh, Amanda Ware. Now, everything that I've read, I'm looking at her uh, uh, email. It's Amanda Abbott Ware. Uh, yes. Okay. And I do need to shout out, give a shout out to my dad, okay. Bobby, Bob Abbott from Pine Bluff. He is my biggest cheerleader. And when he started seeing, you know, he saw my vision, which it was like, 
oh my gosh, there's nothing like this, Mandy. And I was like, I know that. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. And he is, he, if you sit still for one second, he's going to tell you all about what I'm doing because he believes in what I'm doing. And so well, I he appreciate sees that your so innovation. much. Absolutely. And that it's working. Yes. That's yeah. the key. It's yes. working. Yes. Let me ask you about your father. You think okay. he might be willing to come on the show and talk about how we can resurrect Pine Bluff? Oh, I listen, you wouldn't you would have the biggest fan. He has been working my entire life. And I grew up in Pine Bluff and I graduated in nineteen eighty and Pine Bluff was the best place to grow up. It hurts my heart when I go down there. He works there, he still lives there, my husband works down there and it just it's we used to own the Martha Mitchell house mm-hmm. and we sold it a year ago in September and um you know it's just they they we yes my dad is on almost every committee to to her do dad, that her dad is Mr. Pine Bluff well I'll let yeah. you reach out and then have him I'll give you my okay. my email sure. he, he would I'll oh, set him up yeah you just need to just let him talk because he will well, <laughs> oh yeah yeah he <laughs> kind of like me <laughs> well he's gotten two presidential medals right yes he got two lifetime achievement presidential medals one from President Trump and we were going to the White House, and oh, we were just so all excited. I mean, this was huge. This was huge. Oh, well, yeah. He has won huge. all these major awards, but that is like almost the Nobel Peace Prize. But that's next. We're working on that. <laughs> or I am, anyway. Uh, but then COVID hit. And so we did not get, we didn't get to go to the White House. But then President Biden reached out in November. And this all has to do with our work with, uh, kidneys uh my grandfather was the oldest kidney transplantee in the state of arkansas and um and that was 70 uh gosh 76 on february 14th 1976 and there's a whole story behind that but anyway so our my life our lives have been intertwined with kidney in the uh national kidney foundation but yes nephrology and so he was he started the um arkansas kidney patients and then also and then he was on the arkansas kidney commission for i'm gonna say 100 years but he's not 100 years you know but forever and i I, this is something that is very passionate and it's ingrained in my it's in my blood so yeah all right we moved into the second half hour of this hour and uh, we've been talking about Amanda Ware and her master tutor program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm reading right off of her brochure mm-hmm. now. Building a bright future in education. It's totally different than what yes. most kids will ever experience, at least now. Yeah, right. This is kind of the way it was when I went to school mm-hmm. as I listened to you talk. Uh-huh. Okay. It was yeah. the way it was. And, like and I me said, too. And me too, actually. Yeah. Although I would not have been in the program. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I don't think I would. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, you know, it was in the kind of in the second part of the eighties mm-hmm. that things started changing, and the change was not good. No, it it wasn't, and we we got away from exactly what Mandy mm-hmm. is trying to do. And I want to go back to 2017 yes. when you and I yes. first kind of met, and we, mm-hmm. you were teaching at North Little Rock School mm-hmm. District. Mm-hmm. And you were frustrated. Yeah. And, you know, because it seems, tell me if I'm doing this right, 
you're it's let me say this okay teachers are not the problem no. in school districts no oh okay. my gosh they are working beyond the problem as i see it is you have a one size fits all you said yes. a very linear curriculum yes that teachers are not allowed to deviate from they can't get into individual learning like you're no doing. no you ran it. That really frustrated you back, all the way back to 2017, it, right? It did. I, well, and but I was still teaching GT. Right. Okay. So, you know, I was still getting to do what I felt the kids needed to do and to differentiate for those kids. And different. What, what is GT? GT is gifted and talented. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. And That's in, right. And um, we called it, or it's called Quest in North Little Rock. It's called tag here in little rock and um i forgot what it's called uh, in the county but there's everybody has their own uh, yes uh but we call it i always say we were on a quest for learning just like now we're on an adventure to learn okay okay so but um so but i was seeing the frustration in my best my my best friends who are teachers because everything was very scripted this is the curriculum you're going to use, and this is what you're going to use. I have to kind of bring it to what's happened to me last year a little bit in that we were reading a book um, about John Henry. I mean, oh, my gosh, everybody loves John Henry. But the kids that I, were work- when I was working with, they had no idea what a spike was. They had no idea about really – I mean, yeah, they've been over railroads, but they had no, nothing to connect with. So literally outside of my dad's business is the railroad tracks. And so he just gets up there and, you know, I said, Daddy, can you get them? And he brought – you know, he sent – uh, spikes and yeah. there was a piece of the railroad that wasn't there anymore you know it was safe it was still safe but anyway yeah. but i brought those into the classroom the kids were just like oh my gosh you know that was just something they con- made a connection to oh but you deviated i did Uh-oh. i did i did not does that I, make her a course. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i did i I didn't exactly get into trouble. I did not get into, you know, I didn't get written up or anything like that. But that's just not encouraged because I had this amount of time to do this lesson. That was not a part of the lesson. And and it just broke my heart that they were starting to make little connections. And then it was like, well, you made the history real to them. I wanted to, and and another and another thing that 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 happened last year was uh, we were reading about uh, going west, and uh, I've traveled extensively all over the U.S. My dad has a scale. I keep referring to my dad, but he everything that we have is at right. his house. Okay, yeah. so he had a, like a scale model of a wagon train. So oh, cool. we, so I brought you know my my husband brought it up to me. We also made a the same the size of a wagon train on you know taped it out on the floor so we would all sit in there to see who could fit, and um, I had all these. I call them puppets, but they really weren't. And if somebody knew that I did this, they used to be golf heads. Like, you know, you put them on golf house. Well, I had a moose. I had a bison. But that's innovative. That is. And and these kids, you can show them a picture on Google. You can, Mm -hmm. they can watch on that. But to actually see one 
and really and get to sit in what I what it is. And then as the you know, as you are progressing across the West, they had to leave stuff behind. We had to leave some kids behind. Mm -hmm. We went in a river, you know, quote, quote. And and so some of the kids didn't survive. So I made those connections. That's just the kind of teacher I am. But they're not encouraged to do that. The teachers aren't encouraged to do that. They want to. Believe me, they want to. But they're not encouraged to do that. Well, the reality is... is because you all are taught now to teach to the test. Yes, in a lot of a lot of occasions, yes. And let me tell you, I, the, I had a parent approach me last week. And it was like, they put... This is a parent telling me. I already know. Right. But this is a parent telling me. Why do they put make it such a big deal? Why is it? Because they took a test earlier in the school year to kind of see where the kids are. And I told the parent, it's literally just a snapshot of where your child is at that point in time, mm-hmm. you know, where they are. You know, the kid, there are kids that come from, you know, not so great homes. They're bringing that to the classroom, you know, and, and they get to be having a bad day. Somebody next to them could be having a not so great day, which takes away the concentration. So, um, I wish they wouldn't put so much pressure or so much on, you know, so much emphasis on the test. I understand the test. I do. I understand why because we need to be held accountable. We really do. But testing is to me not the way. Well, and I don't think it's what to your point, Dave. You know, we're we're geared toward hey, we're teaching to take a test, and the problem is we're still failing the test. Yes, yes. And the reason they're teaching to the test, they want data, all right, so that they'll know where the kids are, and they want the money, uh, of Um, course. Yes, the federal funding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as far as that's concerned. Mm -hmm. But uh, here's what you're doing. Ever was it Dewey that started public education, or was it Horseman? Oh my gosh! That it was, goes, it I was go one ahead. or the other. Okay, okay. The, but the bottom line is a horseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you were taking all of these kids from all different socioeconomic Absolutely. backgrounds, mm-hmm. putting them in a class together, mm-hmm. and saying you all must learn the same. The same, yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. No. No. It, it's a flawed methodology yes. right off the bat. Yeah, and. My, no, no, I was going to say my, my biggest problem, especially at the North Little Rock School District, which mm-hmm. is, let's just call it what it is, it's they're in complete failure right now. But it goes back to an administrative attitude to teachers that you will do this, you will not deviate from it, and they're asking teachers to be robots. And, they're, and by a yeah. byproduct, that is then you're t- then your students become robots, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's not working. And which doesn't allow them to use their creativity no. which is is so natural i mean it is and that creativity is so natural but but it also you know it's just, it's not that the teachers don't want to do that i mean want want to go outside that box like i said sure they, do. they want to but they're not allowed their, to. their hands are tied yeah, well there's got to be some kind of direction but and you get you get you got to have guardrails. Yeah, sure, yeah, so absolutely. you don't run off the road. Right. But it, it can't be that you're told to drive the car, but you don't get behind the steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. I li- that's a good analogy. Uh, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to come finish it back up with uh, with Amanda here on the Dave Ellswick show. Don't forget, if you want to talk to her, 
about uh, getting into her master tutor program. It's one five zero one eight zero four. Where? It's nine two seven three. I want to tell you that uh, it's been amazing. I'm, I've talked to people now that have been using QC Kinetics, and they're exact. You know, they're they're beyond themselves. So this is advanced regenerative medicine. It's not just you know getting shots anymore or having surgery. It's not just getting a steroid shot now. It's uh, it's going in and and having your own health uh, properties, your healthy. Uh, properties, the properties of your body uh, that uh, keep you healthy and have them put together and injected into these joints that you have that are giving you problems, the pain in your shoulders and your back uh, that are happening in your knees, maybe your feet. It's to help to restore and repair that damaged tissue. Imagine later on this fall, being able to do a lot of things that you haven't been able to do. Maybe go hiking. Perhaps, uh, you know, you can walk with the kids when you go trick-or-treating. I know parents uh, that, that they send out the older sibling because they can't make the walk because their knees hurt so bad. Uh, this could get rid of that so you can go out and see your kid's face light up when they, they get a, a big Snickers bar or something. And it's no drugs, no downtime, no surgery. All you have to do is call your local professionals and get a free consultation about QC Kinetics. It is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. Here's the number, 501-222-8440. You didn't get it? Okay, let me give it again. 501-222-8440. One last time, QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. And uh, Amanda's going to be... Uh, leaving here in a few moments next half hour i've been told that we have a special guest that's going to jump in with us going to talk about some kind of marriage initiative that's coming up so jimmy we're going to talk about marriage oh god i hope my my wife's not listening (laughs) (laughs) we're going to talk about that but there's something on the back of the the it's not a brochure it's it's a card yeah all right it's an information card Mm -hmm. that amanda has about the master tutor program and towards the bottom, I, I, I saw this, and I like this. Uh, it says, the last thing you say about special areas of expertise is creating a success perspective. Yes. And just above that, it says, promoting positive mm-hmm. self-talk. Now, Absolutely. That's not telling a kid, you know, hey, you know, you're really, really smart when you know that they're not okay mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. there's children that you know immediately participation are beyond, that doesn't, all right? yeah no yeah, yeah yeah not participation trophies yeah. mm-hmm. talk about self-talk well i've met kids that i know could be very successful absolutely. but they think negative mm-hmm. things about themselves absolutely and just to kind of give it a little reference when i was in sixth grade which was a long time ago my i went to catholic school and my nun taught us instilled in us the i can attitude and i have literally brought that all the way through my life that's been my mantra and i've always instilled that into my students not just my students but all students good and um they there are two words that they are not allowed to say around me one of them is can't we say we don't say the c word 
and we don't say the H word. And the H word is hard. They have to come up with something else. I'm going to try. It's challenging. This is tough. Um, yeah. And so <laughs> I'm I'm still cheering. I'm still cheering. Yes. I just don't have that cute little you know uniform with my pom poms. Mm-hmm. And they know this. And you you can go back. To, I've taught thousands of students, and and I love them all. And they will all tell you to this day that they they when they say the c word they my mind me pops into them which i think is hilarious but but it does i mean it's a mindset and i i do that and i truly believe and i want them to believe that hey you might not be able to do it right now and that might not be your strength but at but at some point we're going to find it and you're going to be able to do it see now this is where the idea of throwing everybody, 30-odd kids in a classroom, and you expect everybody right. to learn the same way right. no. doesn't, doesn't no. work because all kids learn differently. Right. And that's why I'm excited about the LEARNS Act. I've been a big proponent of school choice ever since I came to Arkansas. I've talked uh-huh. school choice to uh-huh. people. Uh-huh. And uh, I think parents need and, – and look, there are some parents don't give a damn. I'm going to be honest with uh-huh. you. I uh, Sad fact. I know people. I I know people that that are that way. Uh, There's some places. There's some places here in the state uh, that the the parents don't think it's important for the kid to go to school. Right. Okay. But it is. All right. It's real important for them to go to school. But the Learns Act is going to give parents an opportunity to find the school that's right for their kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That that's a Mm -hmm. real move forward, is it not? I. Yes, and I'm going to get a. I am personally going to get a lot of blowback from this because I am one of these. I don't. I, ha, I haven't said it publicly, and I know the teachers that are listening to me now are just like going, to, "Oh my gosh!" To me, that is a wake up call to the public schools. We are broken, and and we don't know. I mean, I have my ideas on how I think it needs to be fixed. Nobody's going to ask me. Nobody's going to care what I have to say. But I really think that this is a, is a great opportunity for the public schools to get our act together. And and because parents can have more control, the kids can be where they need to be. If it's a school where it's focusing more on, like a charter school that focuses more on um, math and science or more on the arts, then, then they can be a part of that. And um, I, I, I'm, I'm unfor- I mean, I am in the minority as an educator in, in this. Look, well, can I say, jump in on what absolutely. you're saying right now? Absolutely. I'm going to make a prediction. You'll either change, the public schools will either change if you're going the way of the dodo bird. Yeah. It's, it's, it, they're, close, they're going to close you down because no kids are going to go home to you. Or the state is going to take over the schools. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of reservations teachers in public schools have about it is is funding and finance. That's exactly it, and and I do I, that is the big argument. Yeah, and and so I, I totally understand. But so but I anyway. get, I need to get Cozart. state representative yeah. Cozart yeah. on and get him on here and let's yeah. talk about money oh, mm-hmm. yeah. and how how they're going to do mm-hmm. that. 
This has been wonderful, Amanda. Uh, thank, thank you for you. coming. Yeah, we got to get her back. Yeah, we yeah. can we can talk forever. You got a you got an open mic here. Thank anytime. you so much. This has been such an honor, and I appreciate you both. And uh, I'm just going to do a plug. If you are interested in getting your child um, doing critical and creative thinking, reach out, and it's where to advance master tutoring on Facebook. Or that's my email, and you can call me. <laughs> okay, that's right. It's hump day. We want to inv- uh, invite you to stick with us here this hour on the Dave Ellswick Show. Jimmy Cavins here as well. Say something, Jimmy, so they can see you. Hey, it's Jimmy. All right, there you go. <laughs> there you can see Jimmy Cavins over there. And our guest is Mark Ellis. Mark, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Okay. I want to ask you, you you're, you're getting ready to have a, uh, a marriage uh symposium or or whatever tell why 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 marriage what got you involved in this let's let's find that out first okay um goes back to when michelle and i were married about 14 years and we were busy we had two young girls we had a business we were running we were just trying to make ends meet and it was difficult so we were working all the time you're on the treadmill yes but very much so and we were uh, really struggling to communicate. And that um, led us to search out things that would help us. And those things led us into marriage ministry. And we've been in marriage ministry for 28 years now. And the latest thing that we are working with is the Central Arkansas Marriage Initiative. All right. Well, let's talk about this. Marriage is not a popular concept in our our uh, society as much as it was like when i was younger or when jimmy was younger when you were younger Mm -hmm. people look forward to getting married forging a family things of that nature i read an article that uh, the latest generation they don't want to get married you know what's what's going on there where where's the disconnect because families and i'm looking right at the camera for everybody to see me families are the the backbone of america without families this country crumbles i'm being honest with you the country will crumble i mean it's biblical Mm -hmm. it's a biblical truth so explain to me what has happened well really i think our culture starting uh, back post-war really began to prosper and kids were left at home or to their own devices during the 50s and then the 60s came about with the sexual revolution and then it continued uh really down through the 80s and people started downhill yes it was going downhill and and people were really uh, becoming more engrossed in how i can prosper and it became individualized uh, since the 60s, marriage has declined greatly, and now to the point where people have seen so many divorces that they say, what's, what's the point in even getting married? So they just have relationships. Another thing you hear is, uh, I'm going to wait until I have college out of the way, and I resolve my college debt, and I've got a good job, and I've got a place, and then I'll think about getting married. So you want to get married when you're 40, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you're going to be set in your ways. Yes. <laughs> and that creates issues as well. Um, but if, if Michelle and I had done that, 
um, we would have never gotten married because uh, I think it cost us $86 to get married. We just got married. And, uh, yes, we struggled, and uh, we, we had a hard time making ends meet. But certainly we, we have stuck with it and worked together. All right, so when you do these marriage, uh, uh, how do you refer to these? Well, the, what we're doing is a couple's comedy date night. Okay, there you go. And okay. really what it's all about is having fun, couples coming out and having fun. They're going to hear some uh, funny, uh, really funny um, real-life things from Ted and Nancy Lowe. They have been doing couples comedy and teaching for about 15 years. They've been on the national comedy date night circuit over those years, and they're very popular around the country. So we're excited to bring them in to share with us. Okay. So folks show up for this, and uh, they're already in marriage. When when you do these things, is, uh, is there anything for the folks that are engaged and are very close to getting married so that you can give them a kind of a heads up about what's coming? Well, I, I think that uh, any dating couple uh, should feel like they could come and enjoy um, the, the evening. So um, I, we wouldn't exclude dating couples. We would love to have them as well. Okay. So I can tell everybody I've been married to my wife for 32 years, going on 33. And with that in mind, I can tell you communication is is rock bottom line. If you can't talk to your wife about anything, basically, if you can't talk to your husband about anything, um, you got a problem. Yes. I mean, how do you? Where do you guys start? I mean, you're you're going to use comedy and things of that nature, but what are some of the things that you're going to impress upon the people who come to see this? Well, we're we're going to impress on them relationship, and it, and like you said, it starts with communication. Yeah, it's, if you're going to have a relationship, you better be talking yeah, to each other. And and it, that starts at home, uh, so we will communicate that over the course of that evening, um, and it'll come out in funny ways. It'll come out in ways that uh, couples can relate to. Uh, they can say, "Oh, we've done that." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's how we communicate, and uh, you know, I think the. The guys will get it um, at a different level than the, the ladies will. Um, and, and that's good because they'll be able to speak to each part of the couple and just enrich them and you know, I think give them hope and confidence that they can do marriage well. Now, let me talk about one more thing, and then I'm going to turn it over to Jimmy because I know he's got questions as well. He doesn't want to be in trouble with his wife, so he'll ask some <laughs> positive things. Uh, <laughs> Men and women communicate differently. Yes. I mean, there's been studies on it. Uh, you take a couple of guys that are talking to each other, they'll probably sit kind of side by side. They don't typically face each other Mm-mm. and talk to each other. Women immediately face each other and talk to each other, don't they? They do. They communicate. It's very personal and, and not guys no guys are very surface <laughs> until they get to know one another and you're a buddy and then they may go deeper but but ladies they, they connect uh quickly and deeply yeah i'll tell you what about the only time that i face a guy when i'm really talking to him is when i'm hunting 
and I'm sitting around the campfire, and I got to look across the campfire to see them. Or you're about to fight. Yeah, or you're about to fight. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true too. Yeah, you got you got you got your your horns out. Go ahead, I, I, I was thinking, you know, how do we get back to this? Because I'm 61, mm-hmm. and me and my wife have been married for 35 years, mm-hmm. pushing 36. And mar- marriage is a marathon, not a sprint. So we we're in a situation where I see so many young people now get married for two or three years, divorce, get married again. I tell you, the lady that grooms our dog, she tells me she knows exactly what she wants in a man because she's been married four times. <laughs> so, but I'm wondering how we get get back to where people can understand that, look, marriage is a marathon and, and not a sprint. And I'll give you an example. My wife and I, we we can take chores and turn it into an actual date. Mm-hmm. Like when we're working in the yard or we're cleaning the house or going to Walmart, who wants to go to the grocery store? Well, we actually have fun doing that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, because I'm the guy that'll play grab button in the store and she turns around and says, stop all that. <laughs> but I mean, it's fun, right? And what I, t- tell me what you see out there where people don't take opportunities, something as simple to go to the store, or do yard work, or clean the house together. And where you can actually make that a big, a fun deal, enjoyable deal. Well, I think it's all about isolation, getting buried in your own thing, whether that's uh, work or activities or kids, and it separates you. It divides you. And I think that th- that's probably the biggest threat in, in any relationship that will hamper communication is isolation and our cell phones are one of the biggest killers yeah. of that wow. because we get buried in them definitely definitely yeah. and i i also think that we there is you've got to understand that i'll give you an example my gosh i'm very hard to live with and my wife is an angel god bless me with an angel and so how important is it for people to understand to say, look, you've got to overlook shortcomings, especially a wife overlooking a man's shortcomings, because we're the ones that really have them. <laughs> and where do we see the disconnect of going, hey, I can't be patient enough to overlook each other's shortcomings and get over it. With it. So much ends in divorce. Where is the problem that people can't, can't deal with that or overlook that or have enough patience to get through it? I think part of it is their background, uh, what they've seen growing up, what they've seen in the couples close to them, and not focusing on uh, clear communication in the relationship. Um, It's not so much as um, what I do to you in our relationship as it is what I do for myself in our relationship. And if, if what I do for myself isn't beneficial to you, then that causes drift and that can cause the isolation to begin yeah it's just it's really sad to see so many people today that that can't get over some things that really the old thing that make a mountain out of a molehill of things that are not that big a deal and they turn them into big deals instead of just saying look I, i can get past that we'll get over that and let's move on and uh uh, like say, my wife's a perfect example of the one being able to do that, or I'd been gone a long time ago. 
Yeah, no. I just don't see, is it a reflection of society? We go back to education, the whole nine yards. Is it more what you're saying is you're more into me, you're not willing to give, you only want to receive? I think that's part of it, but I think that's been demonstrated for us in a lot of ways um, through the TV we watch, uh, through the things that we read. Uh, And then, again, back to that um, phone, that Internet culture, where we go for so much of our content. Yeah. Um, we just had a um, speaker come in at the first of the month. Uh, well, I guess it was last month. And uh, his name is J.P. DeGans. He co-authored a book called Endgame. And it really talks about the decline of marriage in America and what will bring that back. And it, it goes into a lot of details and a lot of uh, statistics that show us really the only way back is for couples to have strong relationships, for uh, couples that are not married to get married, and they need marriage education. And the primary place for them to get that education is through the church, because the church has all of the foundation for that. What about, what about children? We, we we see so many young people today that are career oriented and which is a problem they get married but they're focused on their careers and they don't have children without without children children to me seem to bind a a couple and 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 really draw them together this this lack of uh generation where they're not looking at children does that play into it too as far as relationships well, I, yes, I think so. Um, not having children is very dangerous for our society. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, we, if we're and we're not even replacing ourselves in, in American culture. Um, but yes, there there are things that um, play into that regarding children, and children will bind a relationship together. But part of the problem is where does the focus in the relationship go? If the focus goes on the children and you don't spend any time connecting in the marriage, yeah, then, yeah. You, then you've got some big problems. So it's important to get the marriage part right and then work on the parenting so that the children see a strong yeah. bond there and that helps them as they move along. I mean, off, off, off the years. Yeah. But they are. They're really, really good. You should use them. Definitely should use them. Uh, Mark Ellis is here with us on the Dave Ellswick Show. And he's here talking about the, the marriage initiative. And they have these uh, events that you can get involved with. The, it's a, let me get it right. Central Arkansas Marriage Initiative. That's right. Important to say the Central Arkansas part of it. So, Mark, you guys are going to have another event here in the near future. When's it going to be? Where is it going to be? How do people get involved? Is there any cost? You know, the whole nine yards. Yeah, it'll be Friday, October 13th at 7 p.m. Week from Friday. Mm-hmm. Couples Comedy Date Night with Ted and Nancy Lowe. They've done comedy all over the country, and we're excited to have them. It'll be at the city center next to the big Emmanuel Baptist Church. It's a great place, by the way. Yeah. If you don't know where he's talking about, it's the old Kroger. Yes. That used to be down at the base of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. So they bought it, and they've revamped it, and it is a, a jewel for the city of Little Rock. 
Yes, it is. A lot of events there. The address is 315 North Shackelford, and the doors open at 630. Uh, the cost is $40 a couple, and that includes dessert in addition to the comedy date night. Okay, so if you need, you're going to have dinner before, okay? Across the street, there's a Vietnamese soup mm-hmm. restaurant. I don't know if you've ever been there, Jenny. No, never been there. Now, see, when I was over in the Far East, when I was in the, in the Air Force, I got introduced to Vietnamese cooking. It's good. It's real good. Really? You need to go over there. I don't know. All right, but you could, you could eat there and then come across and see the program and get dessert. Get dessert, yeah, that's part of it. You get fat and you get entertained. What is, what is a Vietnamese dessert? Uh, it's not a Vietnamese dessert. No, dinner is going to be Vietnamese. Oh, okay. okay. You go to the Vietnamese. You go to the Vietnamese uh, soup. Have you ever eaten there? I haven't. You got to eat there. It's a great place. It really is. It good. It's excellent. Go there. You'll love it. First time you go there, you're going to feel like a fish out of water. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Just because you got to got to figure out. What all you're going to have in your soup and everything. So anyway, bok choy? No, I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, you got all, all of that kind of things to make, make up mind. Okay, so where do they sign up for this? How do they get tickets? They can uh, go on the station's website and sign up there, or they can go to the Facebook page for Central Arkansas Marriage Initiative, and we have a sign-up link there as well. It's through the Eventbrite link, so you could also search on Eventbrite for... Uh, events in um, Arkansas and Little Rock, and it should come up on there as well. All right. This, I'm just saying, we didn't have en- enough time to just sit here and talk about marriage. Yeah. And we're talking about Central Arkansas Marriage Initiative, who's having this program. I wanted to spend enough time so people understood where they came for the program. Got to learn, man. I'm yeah. just telling you, there's, we all can learn mm-hmm. and uh, show up and and let these folks help you. You want to have a successful marriage. You don't want to have yourself just being another statistic. That's right. There's a lot of people that end up being statistics. I can't imagine a, an unhappy marriage would be miserable. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, sleeping with the enemy. That's, yeah. not, that's, not, a yeah. good I- that's not a good idea. I'm just no, saying. not at all. It's not, it's, not, it's not a good thing. It is not. That's from three guys, okay? I'm just letting you know, ladies. But, uh, you, get, you get stuck. There was a movie about a woman about that. Who was it? Was that Julia Roberts? Uh, it may have been. Who was sleeping with the enemy? Something like you that. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That, was, that actually was a good movie. Yeah, it was a good yeah, movie. It wasn't bad. Was it was not bad. Can, yeah, Mark, we, we, we appreciate you coming in. Well, thank and you. And talking to us about this. Okay, Eventbrite. Uh, just go there. Look for uh, Little Rock. Look for... Central Arkansas Marriage Initiative. Buy your tickets and make sure you attend. It's a week from Friday. All right, so you'll want to be there. We can all learn how to be better partners in a marriage. I guarantee you, you can learn to be a better partner. I think somebody made a a pretty big mistake, and somebody probably needs to be fired for it. But I don't think we need to make this out as Watergate at all. And I think when you have problem with a guy like tom mars uh, here's the thing about matt campbell matt campbell and i really don't agree on anything okay and, and i've taken him to task before but you can't dispute the facts that he brought out now here's the difference between him and this idiot up in northwest arkansas tom mars 
Tom Mars, and I'll say, you know, Tom Mars is one of those guys down Bethlehem Church Road. We say, hey, you got a bulldog mouth and a puppy dog butt. Okay, all he's doing is barking. I've got the letter he sent. He says he's got this whistleblower. He says we've got the documents that prove all this, that, that they actually committed a felony tampering with public record, okay, which is a serious charge, and in, 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 I've talked about that before because it happens. Show it. But we're the, okay, give it to us. You're say, and you're sending this letter to uh, Hickey saying, hey, this uh, my client, now, like I say, Matt Campbell and I don't agree on hardly anything, but you cannot dispute the documents he brought out. There's a difference between that. Tom Mars is just doing a lot of barking, in my opinion. If you've got it, show it. Show it. And if you're worried about your whistleblower and retaliation, well, I mean, There's a on, law against retaliation yeah, on the whistleblower. And there's a whistleblower act yeah. in the state law that, that protects it. But still... If you've got it and you're gonna and you want to say, hey, I want to, you know, I'm gonna step up and show you. Well, then step up, step up. And if there's, you know, if there's consequences to bringing out what's right, and and it's gonna be costly to you, then weigh that. And if you, and if you don't want to do that, then shut up. All right, and we're gonna take a break, and then we're gonna come back. And when we come back, uh, if if you're watching this up in Northwest uh, Arkansas, or you're watching this and you happen to be a friend or an associate of Tom Marr, I want you to call Tom and tell him he's going to want to hear what I have to say when we come back. Tell him call in. Because I, uh, <laughs> I got some things that I'd like to talk about uh, concerning Tom Marr, and I want to bring to your attention so that you can perhaps get your um, hands around where Tom Marr may be coming from. It, there's more, though, than paying attention. There's hearing proof. Mm -hmm. And if you're not hearing proof, then it's just all talk. That's all it is. The guy's just got a bad case of gas at that point as far as I'm concerned. And uh, so Tom Mars, put up or shut up. Yeah, I agree with I'm that. looking right into the camera. I'm, I'm, I'm talking specifically to Tom. If you want to send him a clip of this right now, start it right now. Here it goes. Tom Mars, put up or shut up. Period. Right. Yeah. Canada wants to boycott us. Keep us out. Of Should Canada. we boycott them somehow? Well, I'd say we boycott Michael Bubble. <laughs> My wife calls him Buble, and I said, no, it's Bubble. She said, well, they pronounce it Buble in Canada. I said, this ain't Canada. It's yeah. Bubble, and I'm ready to boycott that guy because Christmas is coming. I'm sick of that guy every year on Christmas music. Okay, so as long as I don't have to not listen to April Wine. Okay, yeah. Okay, because they're, they're a Canadian band. Yeah. I liked some April wine. I like Rush. Uh, I, well, I like yeah. Rush, too. Yeah. They were good, too. But, all right, here's the deal. Boycott Michael Bubble. As long as they're boycotting the Dave Ellsworth Show, we're boycotting Michael Bubble. It's a, it's a joke now that he's saying Bubble. <laughs> Understand, he understands that his name is Buble, okay, yeah. but uh, it's spelled Bubble. In Arkansas, it's pronounced Bubble. All right. And, just so, in Canada, it's Buble. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just, just, so, just so you're in, you know as far as that's concerned. I've been up at Canada several times. The key to remember about Canada, they don't have a First Amendment. No. And they don't have a Second Amendment. Both true. Be, be we aware saw what happened to the truck drivers, right? Yeah. Just be, I mean, be aware of their Constitution. Yeah. They don't believe in freedom the way we believe in freedom here in the United States. And all the poor Canadians that would love to hear somebody say that, 
well, still not to get to hear it said because they can't hear me. No, that's just right. the way it is. That's right because they're not. They don't have freedom in Canada. They're a socialist country. I said it, and I'll stand by it. Well, they are. Yeah, uh, everybody knows that. Yeah. All right, so let me throw it back at you. We've been talking about, uh, you know, podium gate. What do what needs to be done in your estimation to completely pull the teeth of uh, of this? Uh, particular topic well I, I it goes back to transparency and that's the reason i say this is an unforced error and it came on the heels of the attack of FOIA in the special session so the timing couldn't have been any worse from this and i i think when the situation comes like up like this the best thing to do is to get out there and say hey yeah it's a mistake here are the documents. We own it. Here's what we're doing to fix it. Because instead of um, Alexa Henning came out right away and said that this is all a left-wing keyboard warrior deal mm-hmm. and it's just left doing this, and the reality is that's not true. The, the, there is a strong contingent, a strong group of conservatives in this state that are not happy about that issue. And the way to do it is just come out and say, look, we screwed up. We had a staffer that used a credit card to buy a lectern that shouldn't have. We've taken care of that. We've taken it away from him. He'll never do it again, or she. Yeah. And say, we're going to do the the audit, which the governor did come out and say, hey, we welcome the, the, the audit. Okay. Let's get the results of that. But when you get into the issue of of the invoices came out and you get one invoice and then all of a sudden you get another that says something else and everything that goes back to the issue of transparency yeah see typically it's not the issue in this case a podium the issue suddenly becomes did you try to cover it up exactly that the cover-up if if there was one I'm yeah not, i'm not i'm not saying that there was but if there was a cover-up, that becomes the story instead of the podium. Everybody forgets what it's all about and zeroes in on the cover-up. Let me just remind you about Watergate. Watergate was about some inept guys breaking into Democratic Committee headquarters. What got, got uh, Nixon in all kinds of grief was the cover-up. And then the tapes came out, and then this came out, and that. And then when stuff starts leaking, the bad part is not only whatever started people looking and zeroing in uh, being the issue, other things pop out, and they also, and it just continues to perpetuate the Question, problem. Questions continue to be raised. That's right. That. So when you look back at it, and I won't talk about Tom Mars again in just a second, but when you look back at it, the timing okay we had for you and then here we go in a special session and the governor was pushing for you uh which basically was going to gut for you okay right after that here we come with this so everybody's radars are up everybody's antennas are up the way to approach it is just simply this because when alexa henning said it was in a came out and said well it was an accounting error well no it wasn't a, a it was a purchase a purchase is not an accounting error. Somebody made the decision to put that 
on the government on the taxpayer credit card. Instead of saying it's accounting error and we did this and we're going to take care of it, but then it, the reason the reason we know about it is Matt Campbell. And so then once it comes out, they say, hey, okay, when we found out about it, well, we found out about it from Matt Campbell, but when we found out about it, we took care of it, private money took over. Okay, that's cool. It's been reimbursed. But, but don't try to play it off as – strictly left wing don't try to play it play it off as an accounting error because it wasn't it was it was wrong somebody just say it. somebody made a mistake yeah they gotta owe up to it yeah just say it just say it uh, i mean you can't be fonzie on this one no remember fonzie you got to be able to say i'm sorry mm-hmm. okay fonzie could never say i'm sorry no he couldn't and what do we always say about american people you know american people are very forgiving if you come up and say look we screwed up. I did it. Then, you know, people go, oh, okay, well, I can appreciate that. But when it seems there, and then you get into a deal on how long it took to release the documents, Matt, and then did the governor's office revet them for redactions, and you're going, okay, come on. And this, just Terry Hartwick, the mayor of North Little Rock, who back in the 80s had a history of all kind of trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now he's the mayor of North Little Rock again. And one thing he did learn, because he even told me this one time, because I do a lot of four years, right? He said, are you getting everything you're asking for? And I said, yeah. And he said, if, you, if, you, if you're not, call me. And the reason he's saying that is because even though I may get something that's going to look bad, he didn't want to make it look worse by what you just talked about. Trying to cover up. He said, look, we'll get it out there and deal with it. And I think, I think the governor's office has – kind of approach this wrong now here's where we get into then like say conservatives are not happy about this either but here's where we get it then you get a guy like tom mars okay he's an opportunist right now we i just dealt with that a moment ago yeah but then you get a guy like him who has no substance and he smells a little blood in the water mm-hmm. and he can further his bs yeah because that's what it is yes and so so he smells blood in the water so here he comes with all these accusations and accusations he says he can prove that he's got the documents yeah and by the way tom proof isn't you saying it's so proof is you show us why you say it's so that's it and so you say you've got this you say you can prove they committed a felony tampering with public records you say that you can prove this and you've got it. Well, let's see it. Difference between, I'll give you an example, difference between me, Dave Ellswick, Matt Campbell, who me and Dave don't even agree with, but you cannot dispute the documents he provided, is if we say it, we're going to lay it down in front of you. Tom Mars is over here just flapping his jaws to death. And the problem is that people will start buying into that. And the reason they're buying into it is because there's now everything's suspect. Okay, yeah, and that's the point, right, what you yeah. just said. And it's the exact same reason for why McCarthy might not be speaker right now. People are sick and tired of being lied to at yes. times. So if somebody says somebody's lying, they automatically defer that whoever's saying that the person is lying is the truth teller. Right. And it just In this case, Tom Mars. Tom Mars. And what I want to say to Tom Mars is... You know what? Quit talking about it. You're like you're like the guy before the boxing match. You're on the press conference. You're running your mouth. You know you look good come to the ring. You're dancing around, but you don't get in the ring. Get in the ring. It, it, just like boxers have said, 
you think you got a good plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. Right now, we're throwing a jab at you. Yeah. All right. We're telling you, you gotta, you gotta come forward and you gotta prove this. If you're gonna sit here and say that you have the goods, then present them. Otherwise, shut up. Yep. And Put up you, or shut yeah, up. That's a and it, famous and it, saying. And here's the deal: you're looking at two guys right now. If Tom Mars would throw documents down in front of Dave and I that that he says he has that prove what, what he's, he's been got, saying, we're gonna say it. Yeah. We're gonna say, here are the documents. And then we're going to go. Then we're going to go to the people who should be able to talk yeah. about those documents. But right now, all he's doing is flapping his gums. You, you know, people may not like Matt Campbell, and and you know, I personally don't like him that much. But I'm, but I can't dispute the documents he came. And I'm not mad at him because he brought out facts. Facts are facts. But Tom Mars is not Matt Campbell. Tom Mars. Tom Mars is just flapping his jaws. I guess I don't like mouth. I don't like mouthy people like that. Well, he's 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 a problem more than he is a solver of problems. I, he, he he goes out to create tempests in a teacup. Yes. Now now here again, I think the problem with the governor's office is honestly, I think they've kind of mishandled this in how they approached it. And my advice be just like, look, just. Just come clean with everything. Say, here's everything. Let's get this audit. Let's get the audit done. Let's get the f- conclusions from the audit, and let's find the facts. Yep. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that, and I think it's at that point that uh, the governor and probably um, uh, the person who's going to be in charge of this audit, uh, all these, all those people, Hickey, Mm-hmm. Uh, Senator Hickey and others, all of them should have a presser and stand in front of the media and answer the questions. Yes, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly on that. Then put it to bed. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's put it to bed at that point. Yeah. One, let's get the facts, and then let's decide our facts. Now, we, we, we've got some facts now. There's more facts out there. Let's get all the facts. That's and it, what the audit's yeah. for. Yeah. And 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 I do think Senator Hickey's sincere in this audit, and and I think I don't think there's going to be a deal where the speculation of well they're going to hide stuff that the audit's going to hide. So no, that's not. Let me tell you something. That's not what they do. They live to find stuff. That's really hard to do when you're doing an audit. Well, and those leg audit guys, this is man. This is like a this is like a fireman going to fire. This is what they live for. They they go in there wanting to find stuff. I agree. I so. agree. So, all right. So we've uh, we've weighed in on this oh, yeah. issue now yeah. uh, because I don't like sexual predators. No. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm I really don't like sexual predators. You you'll find that I don't have empathy, sympathy, anything for them. No concrete. I, I really concrete do. tennis shoes in Arkansas River sounds yeah, good to I me. Mean, it's not not good way I am. I'm, I'm, I've been I've I've been working on it because I I got to get to the point that I can see that the, they're they're a lost soul that the Lord is looking for just like anybody else that's a lost soul. Uh, but yesterday, a story that came from Northwest Arkansas in Bentonville. It's written by Tracy Neal, and they did a good job on the on the on the story. A local circuit judge described. This is reading from the article now. Brian True 
as a, quote, monster for secretly recording two girls undressing, but True walked out of the judge's courtroom a free man. Judge Brad Karen on Monday, sentenced True, 47 of Phoenix, to 10 years in prison. But then he suspended the time after a two-day sentencing hearing. True pled guilty in April to 11 counts of distributing possessing or viewing matter depicting sexually explicit conduct conduct involving a child. He faced up to 110 years in prison. He pleaded guilty without the benefit of a plea agreement, so his punishment was in the judge's hand. In other words, this guy threw himself on the mercy of the court. That's what he did. Karen said the case was a difficult one, but, now remember what I always say about the word but. Erase everything that the person just said. All right. He had to be fair and consistent. I doubt that he was either one in this case, but he compared True's case to others sentenced in similar cases in his court. Karen found mitigating factors in that True pled guilty and waived a suppression issue in his case. True was convicted of video voyeurism in Arizona, served almost three years in prison, was released from prison in March 2022, and is on lifetime Probation, and we'll get to lifetime in just a moment. He is receiving counseling and has not violated any terms of his probation, Karen said. The case dates back to 2018, and the recordings happened in Phoenix, but the case unraveled because of detectives with the Benton County Sheriff's Office. True, who was a pilot at the time, was visiting Bentonville when a Benton County Sheriff's Office detective was monitoring peer-to-peer activity concerning someone. Now, this, I'm, I'm, Aaron, I'm starting to get that same feeling that I had yesterday, all right, about how irritated I am. Uh, and I'm, because I'm sitting here reading this story again, and there's just so much. Look, this is one, this is one of those things that I keep pointing out. Lots of laws, no justice. No justice. There was zero justice. You, you in tell this. the two fourteen-year-old girls yeah. that were videoed, unbeknownst to them, naked in a bathroom at uh, a stranger's house, a, a friend, uh, a friend's house, and then it was shared on the internet with other people uh, that this is justice. So what happened is this guy, True, he got a 10-year sentence. Could have got 110. The judge already knocked it down to 10 years. I think that's showing mercy, all right, that you yeah. committed just 10 yeah. years. He suspended sentence. So the guy walks out free. And uh, so this guy had basically, he was caught by the Bentonville police, uh, the, the county police, Benton County police. And here's what they say 
happened. True, who was a pilot at the time, was visiting Bentonville when a Benton County Sheriff's officer was monitoring peer-to-peer activity concerning someone offering to share child pornography in northwest Arkansas, according to a probable cause affidavit. So this guy was offering to share the video he had of these uh, two uh, 14-year-old girls. And uh, this doesn't bother the judge, evidently, because he just let the guy walk free. One of the girls that was involved in this, she's now 18. She's not 14 anymore. She's 18. It's four years ago that this happened to her. Uh, This happened here just recently that this girl was called into the judge's office. When When the judge and the attorneys watched a video of the recordings. Now, get this. The judge and the prosecuting attorneys and defense attorneys all sat down in his office and watched these recordings, and he had this young lady that had been videoed, unbeknownst to herself, uh, to herself, there as well. What's the judge say? The judge said, Karen said it was extremely painful to watch the girl's face as they watched those images. Hey, judge, it's not about you. Yeah. It was painful to you. What do you think it was for them? Yeah. Uh, The teen's father said there has not been any confirmation that those videos had been shared, but there also have been no guarantees that the videos will never be shared by anyone. The thought of these being seen again sickens me. So my question is, why is this guy being allowed to keep those images? This whole this whole story is absolutely isn't crazy. it disgusting? This, I mean, it's disgusting. Uh, this is zero justice, and this guy does does not deserve to be on the bench. Uh, what's most disturbing, Dave, is when the judge s- said it's consistent with his past rulings. Fair and consistent. Yeah. So, how many other people have got away? with this type of activity how many other people have got away with filming children naked and got suspended sentences yeah i mean seriously judge the girl said that this is she's still in therapy because of it she's still going through therapy and you want to say suspending true sentence was a fair sentence justice right that's you know, what did, he says. How, I want to ask this judge. And how, the consistency, to go to your point, yeah. I'm inconsistent, then I I wish I had the time. I think we should go back and look at all the cases that he has decided on voyeurism. How, how and, many people and how many have has he sent filmed, to jail? Film little girls and little boys naked and have got suspended sentences from this judge because just said, hey, that's fair and consistent with my past rulings on that yeah well first of all there's nothing fair about no it. there's nothing zip no. nada and uh that's you have to wonder how does how's this judge on the bench 
How's this judge on the bench? And, and that's the other question. My question now is not why is he on the bench, but how do we get him off? The yes, bench? I'm on that bandwagon. I'm in. I'll help. What do we got to do to get this judge off the bench? Because this is about as wrong as it gets. What do you? What? And, and think about if you're a parent out there. If you're a parent of a of a child, whether it's a little girl or a little boy, that has been filmed unknowingly with a voyeurism camera of dressing undressing naked in their most vulnerable moments when you think you're safe yeah and 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 you go by the rules you go okay we're going to the prosecutor and the mm-hmm. prosecutor's going to do this and the prosecutor and the police did their job and the prosecutor did their job then and the then judge you lets you down and then you hold your little girl in your arm and you say don't worry honey this we're, we're going to take care of this we're going to take care of today this judge is going to take justice care of this. is going to be served and then you get this then yep. you get this. I agree. Now, you wonder why daddies snap. Yeah. You wonder why daddies take the law into their own hands. Or mothers. Either. Or mothers. I mean, I don't wonder one bit on this. I mean, what do you do? What do you look at? Do you look at your little girl? How do you in, in, say, you know, we told you this would be taken care of, and this judge didn't? Yeah. That this guy walked out, walked down the steps of that courthouse. A free man. A free man. Oh, by the way, I, I guess let me bring up one more part of the story here, the end of the story. Uh, the judge also ordered, you know, he gets, he gets to walk out. He says he must register as a sex offender. Okay. He also told True that as a condition of his suspended sentence, he cannot seek early release from his lifetime probation. Okay, now, what does that mean? It means... He's barred from seeking early release for the next 10 years. That's a lifetime. Yeah. 10 years. That's a lifetime. Karen also ordered True not to have contact with the victims or their family members. True is prohibited from having unsupervised contact with any minors except his biological children. How are you going to enforce that? You're not. You're not going to enforce it. Yeah, I mean, how can you? You can't enforce it. How long before? How long before this guy sets up another camera? Well, he's already proven he's done it before. Yes, he's not going to stop. The judge also ordered True not to share images with anyone. Okay, didn't he get that order before? Why? In Arizona? Yeah, why? Why don't you take these images from him? He shouldn't. This guy shouldn't be able to use a computer, no. an iPad, an iPhone, or or you know any kind of uh, smartphone. And they should take what he has, and they should be scrubbed. Well, and when the judge looks at you and points finger, says, "Okay, now listen. You listen to me. I'm ordering you. Don't do this again. You understand me? This because is like if you the, do, this is like the parent. Yeah." Who keeps telling their kid they're going to spank them, yeah. and they never spank them. Exactly. And so they get the same kind of behavior from the child. What, what this judge did was not only give these young ladies justice. He teed it up for another young lady to be a victim. Yes, absolutely. It, make sure If you're a voyeur, make sure you go in front of Judge yeah. Karen. I mean, because... Isn't part isn't that part of that responsibility is just not justice for the victim to but to protect society, 
from this person to avoid future victims? No, he just teed it. Yeah, just I'm, teed it up for this guy to do it again. I'm, I'm, I really am amazed at this story. And why are we to a point now that this is what I want to get with judges, and this goes back to this whole mentality of the far left, okay? And I'm not going to – I don't know what political party this, this judge is, but I can tell you he's not a conservative. Yeah. I can already tell you that. But it goes back to this far left notion of accepting of pedophiles in, in these types of act is that it's not wrong. It's the way these people are born, and that's them, and we need to accept that's, it. That is the whole premise of the argument of the LGBTQ plus contingent. I'm born this way. I can't be any other way. And so you must accept the way yeah. I am. Yeah. And I can't help it the way you were born. What I can do is, is protect people from it. And there is no protection here. And one, and I, and I, I really don't accept that you can't help from being a pedophile. I I'm agree. sorry, I just don't accept that. Okay, and uh, we we started out with this whole crutch on going from alcoholism. And listen, nobody can drink more than me. I, I used to. I don't drink anymore. But let me tell you, I could drink. Okay. Yeah, that somehow you are genetically predetermined. Yeah. You take one drink of alcohol, and suddenly you're a raging alcoholic. Yeah, it's not my fault. Yes. Yeah, but that I'm, it's I'm, a sickness. It's a sickness. It's a disease, and we've gone from it being a choice. You know, well, actually, you know, I did. I like to drink. Yeah, I loved. I used to love to drink, but I made a choice to stop drinking. So it's not a disease because I stopped. I don't drink anything. So don't tell me it's a disease, okay? What it is is it's a choice. And so why if a guy has weird fantasies and everything, keep them in your mind, dude. But when you're to a point you're setting up cameras and, and taking action on these fantasies and everything, no, you cross the line. It's up us now to stop you. Yeah, and you know what? I'm just fine with putting a pair of concrete Nikes on this guy and seeing if he can swim in the river.